0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: Nicola Everett. It's Tuesday, January the 19th. Thanks for downloading today's Kent Online Podcast. Hope you're okay. We're going to start off today by hearing an exchange that happened between a lady and two police officers in a Sainsbury's store in Dartford. Because
2: we're both exempt.
0: Okay. have you got a medical exemption card? Don't need one. Don't need any proof.
2: What
0: is your exception? No, nothing
3: to do with you, a doctor? Oh, no, so we've Are been you request, a doctor?
4: We've been requested on behalf
3: of... You have of no pastry. right to ask
0: me what my disability is. The woman was challenged after refusing to wear a face mask. Under current COVID restrictions, a face covering must be worn in shops and supermarkets unless you have a medical exemption. Regardless of whether or not you wear a mask, the manager has told you that he's not going to serve you. Why? Because you've can you read that, please? please there is the government 's statement that you are not allowed to ask me what my disability is as you can hear, the police wanted to see that she 's exempt while the woman claims she doesn 't have to prove it, and this is actually a bit of a gray area while the government 's guidance on face coverings says you don 't need to get a letter from a medical professional about not wearing one. The police federation say officers can still take measures if members of the public don 't comply with the law without a valid exemption. In this case, police say no further action has been taken after the couple were escorted out of the store on Saturday. You can see the video in full at kentonline.co.uk and join the debate by letting us know what you think. On to the COVID vaccine now, and a leading Kent doctor is urging anyone who hasn't been contacted for a jab yet not to panic. There have been real concerns. Some over 80s in the county haven't had an injection, even though the rollout is being extended to the over 70s. Well, the Kent Online podcast has been assured vaccination centres will only move on to the next age group when everyone in the previous category has been seen. I've been chatting to Medway GP, Dr Julian Spinks.
3: I think generally the rollout of the vaccine's actually gone pretty well. Um, we have had glitches. We've had uh, some deliveries that have been cancelled and needed to be reorganised. Uh, but considering we've gone from nothing to vaccinating very large numbers of people in a short period of time, um, I'm surprised actually things haven't gone more wrong at times.
0: We keep hearing about specific cases and probably it's those who aren't getting the vaccine or aren't hearing about it that are going to obviously speak up. Um, who in particular is one area where a vaccine centre hasn't been set up yet? But we've also heard, as you mentioned, about delivery problems to people in Headcorn. corn. Um, what would be your message to, those, to people in those areas at the moment? Because they're obviously very concerned that A, the vaccines haven't turned up or B, they don't have a facility yet to actually get the job done.
3: The fact that some areas haven't actually managed to start vaccinating is really down to quite how complex it is and how difficult it has been, particularly to use the Pfizer vaccine. And so trying to find premises that are suitable to provide it safely um, has not been at all easy in some areas. And that's why some have not started. Also, uh, there was a rollout in waves as well. So even places that were ready didn't necessarily get the vaccine straight away. Um, I think we have to reassure people that it is coming and everybody will get the vaccine. And as we're learning, we're getting better at uh, distributing it quicker, which means hopefully the catch up will be fairly rapid. And certainly other areas are starting to move on to other groups of patients away from the original nursing home patients and the over 80s.
0: Yes, this week, the government have said it's over 70s who are kind of next on the list. So will that be happening in Kent this week as well, you think?
3: I'm sure some areas will start to roll out to the uh, over 70s. It really depends on whether you've managed to get through all your over 80s yet. Uh, the area where I am, we are sort of halfway through the over 80s, but we will be swapping over to a younger age group probably uh, later this week. Um, other areas who perhaps finished their over 80s and have been waiting for deliveries will go that bit quicker. And of course, there are the one or two areas who've got a lot of catch up to do, but a lot of effort is going in to actually sort that out.
0: So for those over-80s who perhaps haven't had their vaccine yet, they don't need to be concerned that they've been overlooked just because they've maybe heard that the over-70s vaccination programme is going to start this week.
3: They shouldn't be concerned. Uh, the actual uh, instructions we're getting is to move on to the over-70s once we've finished the over-80s, so they should still be called. And I, unless a practice had said specifically that they should call, I wouldn't call the practice because people are phoning out or sending text messages to organise vaccinations because it's such a major job we're having to do it in groups.
0: Kent's coronavirus infection rate is continuing to fall as lockdown measures take effect. 922 people tested positive in the county yesterday. Cases have dropped by almost a third in the week to last Wednesday. More than 52,000 people meantime who weren't showing any symptoms of coronavirus have now been tested in Medway alone. Latest figures show as of Saturday, 994 people were found to unknowingly have the virus. Many would argue that schools closing again has helped significantly in bringing down cases of the virus, which surged after children went back in September. And now one academy boss in the county says they may not return until after the Easter holidays. Steve Chalk, who heads up the Oasis Academy, which has a school on Sheppey, thinks it'll be months before children return to the classroom. It's also claimed today Kent's coroners are handling a distressing number of deaths caused by the crisis. Last week, they dealt with around 300 cases, which is three times more than the usual number before the pandemic. The Kent Online podcast has also been hearing how the pandemic has had a devastating effect on young people's mental health. Research out today by the Prince's Trust shows a quarter of 16 to 25 year olds feel unable to cope with life since the start of the coronavirus crisis. Rihanna Patterson from Folkestone was in her final year at the Uni of Kent when the first lockdown came into force last March. The 23-year-old almost ended up homeless and had to claim universal credit while looking for a job.
2: Well, during March, I was in my final year of university, so I was studying psychology. And it was quite difficult for me because we went kind of from uh, an in-person classroom to a virtual classroom. And a lot of the resources that we could find on campus were now not able to run virtually um, so the help that I would get with like my dissertations and academics um, were not available to me, so it made things extremely difficult. And then I didn't even have a physical graduation, we had a virtual one, and we're still um, waiting on the university to reschedule our graduation. So it's kind of a weird time to be finishing university. And yeah, during that time it was quite chaotic for me, and I was in a process of almost being homeless. And that itself is very, very intense um, to be homeless whilst in a pandemic because coronavirus is kind of the main health priority and everything other um, than COVID is kind of, you know, not really um, touched upon as much. It's not really amplified in the media. So yeah, it was a very um, difficult time transitioning into Um, being at home and and looking for work and things like that I think for a period of time I felt depressed you know with everything it's just overwhelming and I kind of had to kind of ground myself and find the necessary resources because I know better not to try and suffer in silence I do try and find help when life knocks me down Um, so I definitely took on counseling and tried to keep close contacts to my network and there were days that I just didn't want to talk to anyone because I just felt that no one would understand. Um, But I tried not to do that for long periods of time, I still tried to find help, even though I didn't want to to, to seek it. I don't think um, we're running out of resources, we just need to kind of amplify uh, these support services as much as possible like even yesterday was blue monday and it's known as the most depressing day of the year but what about the other 364 days of the year when people are going through a lot so i think we just need to be mindful of everyone's emotions and what they're going through and just reach out sometimes because there are Times that
0: people might not want to do that. Asylum seekers living at a Kent Army facility are self-isolating after testing positive for COVID-19. The Home Office says a small number of people at Napier Barracks in Folkestone have contracted the virus and are now following medical advice closely. And the Archbishop of Canterbury has described the coronavirus vaccine as an answer to prayer. Justin Welby has revealed he got the jab at the weekend as part of his role as a volunteer at London's St Thomas's Hospital.
4: Kent online
0: news Some other top stories today in a van driver who broke down in the Operation Brock Contraflow of the M20 says it was so dangerous he'll never use that stretch of motorway again. The 32-year-old was stranded between Maidstone and Ashford for about 45 minutes and described it as terrifying. Highways England insists they dealt with the breakdown quickly and safely. We've heard today HSBC is going to close 82 high street branches this year including three in Kent. The one in Gillingham will shut in July before sites in Ramsgate and Deal go in September. The bank's putting it down to more customers going online and will try to redeploy most staff to nearby sites. It's feared there could be more flooding in Kent this week as Storm Christoph brings heavy rain over the next few days. A yellow weather warning comes into force at midnight and lasts until midday on Thursday. Flood barriers have been put in place in Barham near Canterbury after the river Nailbourne began flowing through the village following heavy downpours last week. Now the Kent Online podcast has been told how a phenomenon that started 25 years ago in Japan is still just as big today. Pokemon cards feed Featuring characters with different powers were traded in playgrounds across the county. Now some are selling for hundreds, if not thousands of pounds as they're hunted out by professional collectors. Alex Boness owns Level Up Games in Canterbury, which took a punt on selling cards a few years ago.
4: I've always been into animation, so I watched the TV show. Um, The cards bypassed me at that point, which in hindsight (laughs) says... Why shouldn't I have picked some up? But uh, hey, that's the uh, 2020 vision of Highsight. Um So yeah, the, I saw it saw it happening initially with the first movie and the TV show and the anime and, and the bits and pieces surrounding it. I knew a lot of people who played video games, so there was actual awareness of it happening, but I wasn't paying that much attention to myself. We started it absentmindedly about six, seven years ago with... Associated products, we're dealing with the Pokemon games, but primarily a video game shop. We started dabbling into the cards. One of our regulars came in with a half a shoebox full of Pokemon cards and like, would well, you want these as well? Yeah, sure, why not? We'll give them a go. And I had them on the counter for like 10p each, not really paying much attention. Um, knew it was an associated product, I knew it'd probably sell. So we just experimented and uh yeah, a week later they'd all gone. Someone came back in, do you want to buy some more? Yes, please. And it's it's snowballed from there um, to the point where we're dealing with graded cards. Um, we've got a lot of collectors, both, unfortunately, now the tourism's gone. But, uh, you know, recently sent out a package to Holland to a guy who found us last, last Christmas when he was here visiting relatives. Um, but the tourists were always really, really interested in them when they were here. So we've got quite a really broad appeal from like kids who are just want like shiny cards right through to like very highbrow collectors who will really examine it just to make sure it's just right for their collection.
0: And finally, while Kent's tourist attractions are unfortunately closed during lockdown three, we've been taking a bit of a look back at some from the past. You may well remember visiting places like Fantasies Water Park in Dartford or even Dickens World in Rochester, but some old ones you might not be aware of, are Maidstone Zoo and even at the Dolphinarium in Margate, would you believe? Well, Chris Britcher has spent some time reminiscing. Chris, I particularly loved this feature. Can you tell us about some of the attractions that you've mentioned?
1: A lot of it is based on my childhood, not Maidstone Zoo, I might add, because that was a little bit out of my time zone. But, um, you know, places like Fantasies in Dartford and certainly Dreamland back in its heyday, they were the places to go. And when you were young, you wanted to have your birthday parties there. And I feel like they just there's something about them. There's a real feel good uh, atmosphere about them, especially in these gloomy old days. I think it was worth harking back to brighter times.
0: Absolutely. And anyone who did grow up in North Kent, if they didn't go to fantasies back in the day, they really did miss out, didn't they? I remember going there and loving it, despite it being terrifying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was was a strange place. I mean, I don't think it would have passed health and safety today, but back then, I mean, it was absolutely essential to go to it. And I mean, I lived over in East Kent and everyone still knew about fantasies and wanted to go there. So it was a, yeah, it was a a must do trip when you were a teenager.
0: Exactly. Well, for anyone who missed out, let's just explain. It was um, a, a massive water park. It really was incredible. Loads of flumes, but one in particular where you had to sit on a rubber ring that was particularly death defying.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it's one that everyone I think seems to remember. It was. It, I think it was in principle a relatively straightforward thing. You sat on a rubber ring, you went down from pool to pool. It's just that there were often, there were so many people there that you'd drop down into another pool, you'd get thrown out your ring, you'd go under the swirling water, and just for a brief moment, you would fear for your life. But at the end of it, you would be thinking that was the greatest thing you've ever been on. Um, But yeah, there were were other flumes where you would like doing a straight drop down a black thing into a deep pool. It was... It was it was made to for thrills and spills and uh, yeah certainly caused that
0: <laughs> indeed it did. Um, some of the others you mentioned, I mean, it's quite sad to see the end of them. Really, I mean, places like Dickens World. I think we all had high hopes for that sort of attraction when it opened at Dockside, but it, sadly, it didn't exactly last very long, did it?
1: It was one of those places that was so hyped up and so anticipated, and I think everyone wanted it to be a great success. But I do think it you know, it does come back to the basic premise. Can you really make the works of Dickens into a thrilling uh, destination for people of all ages who are going to want to go there and go back again and again and tell their friends? And I think they made a, a decent effort of it, but it, it, fundamentally it just wasn't really enough. I mean, going on a, a boat ride through the sewers of, and then falling into the Thames is, is not quite as exciting as the log flume at Dreamland back in the day.
0: One that would have been very exciting, but unfortunately, like, like you, we didn't get to experience it, was was Maidstone Zoo. I mean, I've seen pictures of it. I've been to, obviously, the, the site where it was now. You can still see a few of the buildings that were there. I mean, that looks like it would have been fantastic.
1: I don't think there's any destination in Kent where, if you mention Maidstone Zoo to people of a certain age, you just get a universal love. It, it seemed to have been this fabulous attraction there are animals of all sizes and shapes. You could, you know, take an elephant ride. you got a little train from the car park, from the, toy, not the car park back then, from the roadside to the event itself. It was, th- everyone, everyone seems to have loved it. Um, and it closed, you know, decades ago, but it's still really held fondly by everyone who visited
0: Indeed. And one that has kind of kept going in various different guises over the years, uh, Dreamland. I mean, it, it is good, isn't it, to see that that is still is still going despite the tough times at the moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Dreamland's, you know, it, it was able to be revived just because there was so much goodwill. And I think people had really, really fond memories of it, their childhoods, taking their kids there. You know, people of all ages really, really wanted it back. Um, and I know it's a different animal today to what it once was, but it certainly moving much more in the same direction i think the recent investment obviously pandemic notwithstanding, it's it's you know the the crowds are really growing again and um, I, I think dreamland's got all the potential to once again really reassert itself as as one of the southeast's top destinations let alone kent
0: yeah i certainly missed it this summer I can't wait to get back chris thanks ever so much and you can see pictures of those attractions and more plus share your memories of them at kentonline.co.uk
1: Kent Online Sport.
0: Football and Gillingham's game at Lincoln City tonight has been called off Steve Evans sideward due to travel to the top of the table club, but their pitch is waterlogged. It followed Gillingham's 1-0 win over Accrington Stanley at the weekend. The fixture will now be rearranged. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app to access all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk